Today's episode will be dedicated to the memory of my grandmother, Cleo Moffitt. May you rest in peace forever, darling. We love you and we miss you. This is a Joe Mo Studios presentation. Hello and welcome to the Joe Moffitt Show. I am your host, Joe Moffitt, coming to you live. Yes, baby, we said live. As always, we're coming all the way live from the Jomo Studios over here in the beautiful city of Enid, Oklahoma, where, as always, it's been another one of them long-ass weeks in paradise. Um, for those close to me and know personally uh, what's been going on in my world, I thank you for all the kind words and concern. Um... I know some of you guys are wondering, damn, Joe, you've been fucking up. Nigga, you're supposed to come back hot and hard here every week, hitting these niggas in the throat. Well, folks, um, as I mentioned in the previous episode, uh, my um, mom had uh, got Neil, and, um, which caused her to have a, uh, a heart attack. She is doing fine. I would like to report to everyone. My mother is doing very well. Shout out to her. I love you. Um, but, uh, unfortunately, Sunday before last, and, and the reason why, uh, we've been, been kind of taking a break, if you will, is my, my grandmother, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, did pass away, uh, Sunday before the Super Bowl, and, um, uh, being a bit of a tough situation, you know, when, when you have a relative pass, uh, I don't care how prepared you may have been for it, you're not ready for it, period. Um, my grandmother had been ill off and on for a very long time um, to the point where she, she was no longer her, her, her spunky and vibrant self. Um, and she had experienced a lot of loss lately with both friends and relatives. And I, I just feel that in her heart of hearts she, she was ready to go home so and she was ready to see my grandfather and see Miss Pico and, and all them great all our relatives and all our family and friends that are no longer with us um, my grandmother was a school teacher for 32 years uh, even after retirement she continued to teach um, and she left a outstanding print on an entire city, Lake Charles, Louisiana, her and my grandfather, as well as just every person that she ever came across, whether it was in Lake Charles, whether it was in Houston, whether no matter where she was, she left a lasting impression on everyone that she ever came across. Um, and for that, I always say, and, and one, if there's one funny, the biggest funny joke, um, that I, I could ever tell in reference to my grandmother is she did not want to be known as grandma, Mima, mama. She, she wasn't going for that shit. Neither was my grandfather. I think I told this story before. My grandmother 
was grandmother. She wanted to be known as grandmother. You was going to give her the goddamn respect she deserved to stretch that whole goddamn name out every time you talked to her. I tried to call her mama one time, and I thought she was going to hit me in the throat fat. It was terrible. She looked at me like she was ready to cut my three-year-old ass. Uh-uh. Nope, I never did that shit again. Mm-mm. She wouldn't have it. So, yeah, Cleo was grandmother. That's that's what she wanted to be called, uh, and, and that's the way it was. And I made sure every day she was on this earth, I, I that that name was that was the one she wanted to be called, and that was the one she earned. And she definitely worked her ass off there. And, and for that grandmother, I say we love you, and we're gonna miss you terribly, and we will see you on the other side. And as I mentioned previously. Uh, as my mother says, she is doing just fine. And baby, the show got to go on. So we got, we here. I'm back. We pushing. I'm still trying to get acclimated to this goddamn Wednesday, Friday thing. Y'all know I like putting out shit on Wednesdays, but for some reason, others Fridays have been what I've been forced into because this is my day off. Now, granted, we do have the show coming up tonight in Oak Muggy. Uh, show starts at 7. It's going to be a clean show for the first two hours, um, including uh, Mr. Metaphoria and uh, Julie Drake, a lovely young lady by the name of Naria, and, of course, Valley Vale. And then uh, I'm kicking in with the homie uh, Lenny Van Horn, uh, Mr. Metaphoria, Vale, and Julie Drake at 9 uh, tonight at the Best Western in Oak Muggy. So make sure y'all come through and check this show out. Tickets are $10. They are selling tickets at the door. And it's going down. So if you want to come out and have a good time, come fuck with your boy. Then tomorrow night, we're going to be at Boondocks, back here at home in Enid, uh, 301 East Main. Come through and highlight me. It's going to be me, uh, the homegirl, Jocelyn Sharp, of course, Vail. Um, and I think we got another special guest coming as well. So make sure y'all come through and check them shows out. Um, and be on the lookout because, as I mentioned, tours coming soon. We got more gears coming up, more shows lined up uh, in the coming weeks. So just be prepared for that. Also, a couple of quick announcements uh, for the homie. So, yeah, y'all make sure to grab Mr. Veli Vale, Lavelle Veli Vale Harris's book, I Got Problems, which is now available for a pre-order. It's for sale now. Um, just feel free to send purchases to, through Veli Vale Entertainment at gmail.com. It is $15 per copy, and please add $5 for shipping and handling to have the book uh, mailed to your door. All copies will be autographed. This is a way to take a ride down the road of the hilarious moments in the life of Ellaville, a journey dealing with a crazy grandmother with stops along the way to a pimping pastor. This will help you understand why you hear Ellaville say, I got problems. So yeah, make sure y'all check that out. Also, tickets on sale now for April 7th. We got Joe and Tank coming to the Tulsa Expo Center. Um, tickets start at $15, and it's going to be a great show with two great acts. Uh, Vail, of course, would be hosting, and you never know. Your boy might pop up and act a damn fool for a minute, too. You never fucking know what we're going to do here on the Joe Moffat Show. So, now, that, oh, and also make sure you check out All Spice Emporium. We are, uh, my big sister's uh, popcorn seasoning, well, food seasoning company. Um, she has great flavors, uh, great ideas. You can check her out on Pinterest and also hit her up on All Spice Emporium on Facebook. Uh, and place your order today. It's great seasoning for all of your dishes, you know. Put some seasoning on your damn food, folks, you know, like the cousins say. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And there it is. Um, <clears throat> and before I go another further, I want to mention 
one thing that I got to get off my chest. Okay? All right? Real quick. And it's about podcasting. All right? I've started to notice that there's a lot of people popping up doing podcasts. That's all good and gravy. I'm proud of y'all. I applaud your effort. But be careful, okay? If you're going to come out here running your mouth about shit, make sure you got the balls to back it up, baby. I ain't talking about nobody in particular. I'm just saying in general. I've been noticing there's been a lot of folks saying a lot of shit. Not about me, not about nobody. I not know no nobody in my network or no nothing like that. All I'm saying is, I've been hearing. Whether you black, white, purple, or green, this goes for all of you. If you're going to talk shit, make sure you back it up. Because if you ain't going to be ready to back it up, don't say shit. Anybody know you come out on the Joe Moffat show, shit come out of my mouth, nigga, you, you goddamn right I'm going to back it up. And, you, and guess what? AZ is going to be with evidence or ass with him. Take a pick. But do understand and please believe. Don't. <laughs> For real, man. Don't don't be careful with that shit. That's all I'm saying. Alright? This media world can lead into these streets and that shit can get stupid for no fucking reason. So please, please be careful with what y'all doing. Alright? That's all I'm saying. Just that's my one public service announcement. That's a nice song be about it. <clears throat> and of course, you know I can't go on a week like this, even though it's Friday. Yes. I am going to do some Super Bowl recap because that was a better game than I thought it was going to be. I was kind of glad to see Philadelphia pull it off. Shout, shout out to the Eagles. They finally got their first Super Bowl. Um, and it's been long, long, long road for them to get here. I'm very, I was very happy to see. I hope my Texans don't take fucking 40 years. We are already on year 17 and shit, so goddamn. You know, fuck. We 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 gotta do <laughs> shit. Y'all y'all eight, seventeen, eighteen years. Well, no, they sixteen years uh, as a franchise. So hopefully we don't have to go to full forty or forty five years before we see a championship. Hopefully we can knock that out real quick. I was glad that Brady didn't win. Don't get me wrong. I ain't. I, it's not that I have nothing against Brady. I just he's. I don't judge players by. Their merit, I judge them by what I see on the field. And in my opinion, watching quarterbacks struggle who have had better starts at football than Tom Brady kind of disturbs me, you know. I don't see how a national champion like Tim Tebow is not in the league, but a nobody like Tom Brady has strived in the league and and gained excellence for years. I, I don't get that. You, you you can't get me to you, you cannot explain that to me and I say it like that because for one it's two white men so you can't throw no race into it. This was something else. If you explain to me why Colin Kaepernick is in the league, well, real simple, he was a, he's a black man and he caused a fucking distraction from the bench. That is why Colin Kaepernick is not in the league. Marshawn Lynch can kneel a thousand times; he's a starter. Russell Wilson can kneel a thousand times. He's a starter. Michael Bennett can kneel a thousand times. He's a starter. DeAndre Hopkins is Mr. Amazing. He can kneel a thousand times. He is a starter. 
If J.J. Watt took a knee, wouldn't nobody say shit right now. If Justin James Watt walked out on that goddamn field and took a knee, wouldn't nobody say a motherfucking thing. You want to know why? Because that's Walter Payton Man of the Year, baby. Shout out to him for that. that and that is well-deserved and well-earned for what he's done for the city of Houston. I'm going to take a cutoff for everything and say this real quick, fast, and hurry as well. To all you motherfuckers that keep trying to throw him under the bus and putting him under goddamn trade of truth, hear me with your heart, not your motherfucking ears. Both of you niggas is doing amazing shit for my city. Shut the fuck up and get it done. I just came back from home, and I ain't impressed. Alright? I keep hearing about what all this shit that's supposed to be done. I see it, but I want to see more. Y'all sitting here steady arguing about who doing what, and ain't no shit get done, baby. Y'all want to be the leaders. Y'all want to be the enforcers. Get your asses out them streets to get it done. Be sitting here worrying about who the fuck doing what. That's bullshit. That's all I'm going to say about that, man. I'm proud of both of them boys, but goddamn. I, every time I look, I, I saw the beef, and I, I was wondering if it was bullshit, but I couldn't find nothing to say that, you know, this was fake news. Nobody stepped up and said, you know, hey, I didn't say this. It didn't go down like that. Nobody did that. So I'm going to be the one to bring it up. I don't want to hear this shit no more. That man raised $37 million. And ain't put a dime of it in his pocket, from what I can tell. I ain't seen no evidence of it. Unless somebody else want to send me something, please do. Trade the truth. Been online. In them streets with Gerald Green, with different Rockets players, James Harden, all these people. In them streets handling this goddamn business. I salute both of you boys, but please believe, don't one be sitting and judging the other one because you ain't necessarily understanding what the fuck going on. You stay in your goddamn lane and get it done. That's where the focus supposed to be. Every time I'm getting tired of all this goddamn, every time somebody try to do something, a nigga trying to throw a beef in it. Nigga go take a piss. Another nigga go take a piss. They got a beef about the piss. What the fuck? Why does that make, where the fuck does that make sense, ladies and gentlemen? Jesus, you start doing better and then you let dumbass niggas pull you back. No. Keep doing better. Don't lose your focus. And certainly don't be wasting time worrying about what another nigga doing. Whatever the fuck JJ do, you let JJ handle his business. Whatever the fuck Trey want to do, you let Trey run his business. Don't you bring them. If them niggas don't want to collude together, don't you dare sit and act like they supposed to. This is the city of Houston. Goddamn, Houston, Texas is big enough where motherfuckers can do shit on both sides of town. Trust and believe. There's a nigga right now with two families on the north and the South, and they asses will never fucking see each other. If that nigga can get away with that shit, I'm pretty sure JJ and Trey the Truth can get along in the same goddamn city and not nobody worry about a motherfucking thing. That's all I'm going to say about that. Congratulations, JJ. I'm proud of you for doing what you did and winning that damn award because you fucking deserve it. Period. You know? Tom Brady being MVP? Hmm. Anybody who won the rookie of the year, baby, you your ass is just, you are literally just on the pedestal. Because you better, oh, you better thank your lucky stars and you better, you better pray. I'm calling it now. Deshaun Watson will be MVP of the league next year. You niggas is just holding a goddamn, he didn't need to be rookie of the year, that's fine. Champion sound better on him any goddamn way. Fuck a rookie of the year. Hell. That young man was getting ready to become 
Mr. Lights Out in the NFL. That boy going to be lights out. Game one and gone. That's it. Game one, gone from there. I'm telling you, he going to run all the way through that damn league. Angry. You think Tom Brady got a chip on his shoulder? Shit. Tom Brady ain't got the talent in his fucking toenail that goddamn did. Deshaun Watson got running through his whole body. Shit. You think next year ain't gonna be motherfucking special? That's what I said. This year's this year's Super Bowl was bullshit by default. And and it, don't get me wrong, the game was great, and I actually believe that Philly made it. But as far as the AFC, no, something went wrong in the AFC to get Brady there. It was bad, enough, you know. Don't get me wrong. You, it blew my mind what Blake Bortles in Jacksonville was able to pull off this year. Because that man ain't never been shit at a quarterback. And then all of a sudden this year, he just instantly becomes amazing. I, 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 there was something about Jacksonville. Yeah, that defense was great, but Blake Bortles ain't shit. That nigga has proved time and time again that he is a useless-ass quarterback. Him, Phillip Rivers, who can't win for shit. If you can't win a game in the second half, you ain't shit. I don't give a fuck how many yards you got. You's a sorry motherfucker if you can't win the game in the second half. That's when you're supposed to win the motherfucking game. Everybody be sucking his ass. Nigga, you ain't done enough for me. Alex Smith, he ain't done enough for me. Okay? To be sitting here talking about they elite fucking quarterbacks. Is you crazy? Ass of shit. Phillip Rivers can't pay for a trip to the playoffs. He might get a shot next year now that New England about to go down. Bad. I would hope this was New England last year to do anything, but then again, I, you know, I don't know what the fucking evil empire is going to do. I don't think it's going to matter. Because I got to feel, like I said, Deshaun Watson going to come in and thump all them niggas. Blink, 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 blink. I'm glad this football season is over because this shit was so fucking crazy. So we get a break. Everybody get their concussions healed up and shit. <laughs> and we'll see you boys next year. But before I step away from the Super Bowl, I got to voice my concern about a fellow comedian who felt the need to, uh, I guess, speak out towards the Super Bowl performance that was done by Justin Timberlake. Let, let, look here. The little boy didn't do that bad. Justin always is good for a good show. Anybody that thought Justin Timberlake wasn't going to put on a good performance, well, that's why you're a dumbass. Because we all should have known Justin Timberlake was going to go out there and kill. My beef, my concern, my problem. And this is kind of one of them reasons why I stated what I stated earlier before at the beginning of the show. If you're going to talk shit on somebody, make sure your ass got the balls to back it up. Well, this is the reason why my balls hang so low. Hold on. Mr. Sinbad, who in the fuck do you think you are, sir? 
you want to step out here in the big leagues with the big boys and going to start wearing, using big words and start cussing and shit. Yeah. But motherfucker, let me let you in on a little secret. Prince is dead. That man dead gone in the bed, in, in the ground. Everybody that was talking shit about what Prince would have felt about Justin Timberlake's performance is a stupid motherfucker. I ain't never seen no association of Prince with Sinbad ever. These niggas like bumping each other after a concert. This nigga was a fan girl at or something. What the fuck? I ain't never heard of no goddamn uh, special bulletin. Uh, uh, Prince made a rare appearance at a Sinbad concert this evening. For what? Bad jokes? Shit. Big head motherfucker. Say some cuss words for the stage and maybe just maybe your ass could, <laughs> you know, build a, a proper audience. Dumbass. Gonna sit here and talk shit on the little white boy because he did a a dedication to a dead man. He took the time out of his Super Bowl show that he was getting paid million dollars a do to do a dedication to the city of Minneapolis for the city of Minneapolis. He said, this one is for you, Minneapolis. He didn't say that was for Prince. He didn't say that was for uh, Paisley Park. He didn't say that was for the Prince Foundation. He said that was for Minneapolis, the city he was in, the city that Prince was from, the city that was mourning the death of an icon. And you gonna take the time to run your dog dirty dick ass mouth. You got a whole lot of nerve. You busted up motherfucker you. How dare? This man did a tribute to a dead man. All you supposed to do is thank you for remembering my friend. Because in about five, ten years, other than the music, ain't nobody gonna know what the fuck a prince is. Just like they do Michael Jackson. You got kids now that don't even know what the fuck a laptop is. Life changes. Things happen. Okay? People don't go to, you know, goddamn, this man took the time to do a memory that will last and was beautiful. And then you got to sit here and gum it up with the words. I was friends with Prince one time and he wouldn't like this because Justin Timberlake lowered his mic stand. What? Nigga, if you raise or lower a mic stand for me, I'm going to say thank you. I'm six fucking one. I might not want to bend my big ass down there and raise the fucking mic stand so I can talk after your five foot four ass and finish your speech. Hell. I don't enjoy fucking with mic stands, to be honest with you. That's the reason why I use a wand on my show. My wand is what holds my mic. Shit. I don't like using mic stands when I go on stage, but I don't have a choice. I got to get acclimated to them. I always worry about him falling and hitting a bitch in the forehead or some shit <laughs> while I'm on stage. I worry about that every time I pull the fucking mic off. Fuck. That is the most nerve-wracking part for me going on stage is, is pulling the damn... I, once I get the mic off the stand, I'm good. <laughs> but until I get the mic off the stand, nigga, we in trouble. So to talk shit about a nigga making things convenient for another nigga because you think they was cracking on each other. And even if they was cracking on each other, so what? This day beef. You stay out of that. Because guess what? When that man died, the beef died. There is no, you can't beef with dead people. You got to let that bullshit go. Okay? That man is gone. 
my grandmother is gone. If there was any beefs me and her had, they went with her. So how you you can't sit here and be sitting and talking about you defending Prince? Prince dead. So sit down, shut the fuck up, enjoy their performance, and go kiss somebody's ass somewhere so you can get your sorry ass another soul out arena somewhere somehow with them lame ass fucking material that you've been getting away with this fucking different world. Get the fuck out of here, man. Good grief. I'm sitting and talk shit about a nigga that's got the nerve and all that, that, that took the time to do a tribute. What the fuck? I don't want white folks to ever be allowed to say something down about a riot ever again. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. Ever, 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 forever. You remember Ferguson? Who agitated that riot? The police. You remember Baltimore? Who agitated that riot? The police. Remember Dallas? Oh, that was a dumb nigga. That wasn't our fault. Because that was a very peaceful moment until that nigga started shooting. I, I, I ain't taking responsibility. That nigga can take responsibility. That. Fuck you. Who started the shit at Charlottesville? <laughs> the Tiki Torch Union and shit. <laughs> Do we still remember white folks? <laughs> Your sorry asses didn't even know how to go out and make a proper torch. These niggas went to Walmart. <laughs> and bought motherfucking Tiki <laughs> You lazy motherfuckers, you. Oh, my God. <laughs> shit. White folks better not say shit to me about Charlottesville, better not say shit to me about Baltimore, better not say shit to me about Ferguson. When you see what white folks do, when they get pissed off that their team lost the Super Bowl like they did out there in Boston. And then what the goofy motherfuckers turned around and did when they won the Super Bowl with that shit they did flipping cars and shit over in Philadelphia. Shit. I remember when the Rockets won the, the championship for the NBA. I don't remember it being that bad in Houston. We won that bitch twice. I was in the street in Houston. Now, I wasn't like downtown, but I mean, what they don't show you is people go out and celebrate that shit all over the town. Okay? It was people... We was clear out on, in Houston. Where the fuck was me and Pop staying? Was it out 290 somewhere? You know, most of the stuff where you see the cameras and shit, you saw in Philadelphia's all downtown. I remember when Houston won the championship. We had niggas partying clear out in Missouri City about the Rockets winning the championship. I remember that shit. Actually, no. <laughs> no, when they won the first one, we was living off of uh, uh, Fuquay out there in H-Town. And... Everybody out there was in the street party. When the Rockets won the second championship, I was living in Missouri City, and I ran outside thinking everybody was going to be out in the street partying because that's what I saw the year before. No. <laughs> that, no, that wasn't the case. Motherfuckers in Missouri City, they partied in the house. They had fun, but they, you know there was no interaction in the street because we was in the suburbs. you know. Shit, we was in a predominantly black neighborhood, and it still was peaceful as fuck. You know, shit. Unlike what you saw downtown, motherfuckers partying in the streets, so on and so forth. So, I mean, so I'm pretty sure in Philadelphia, they probably had that same, you know, interactions, you know, depending on how far out the party went. But all you saw was downtown. You saw where the the, the main force of the so-called partying and celebrating 
when in fact these motherfuckers was destroying public property and being assholes. You know? Shame on you, Philadelphia. You destroyed your own city in, in celebration. You know? Somebody had to clean up a damn gas station because all of their months and months of work for product was destroyed by thieves and looters because these motherfuckers was having a good time. That's no. No. I can't really find or recall a time where a riot was worthwhile. It's just complete and total decimation of an area because you're pissed off. And I think that's insane. I'm sorry. That is a form of insanity. Anytime that I've caught myself in a moment, you know, as a person like myself who deals with manic depression, you know, when you do something stupid, like put your hand through a wall, that ain't cute. You knock something over, throw something around, tip over a car, that nigga, that is a sign of mental distress. That ain't happiness. If something happy happens to you and you feel the need to go and destroy something, something's wrong with your ass. When I feel the need to destroy something, I'm usually pissed off. I can relate to a very far extent with the people who fucked up shit at UMass in Boston because they were pissed. I can't understand motherfuckers tearing up shit because you happy. You know? I, I that that's a new one on me. I, I don't get that shit for the life of me. I'm in a good mood, break something. What? Mm. I'm in a good mood, wanna fuck something, you know. Break this nut off in this pussy. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> shit. Yeah. Break off some of this dick nigga. <laughs> Other than that, I mean fuck. <sighs> I don't know. Y'all gonna have to explain this shit to me one day why people destroy shit and they happy. But nonetheless, congratulations, Philadelphia Eagles. New England, I hope y'all whole franchise is done for a few years. And like I said before, I don't think it matters anyway because <laughs> Deshaun is coming. You motherfuckers better get ready. That nigga is coming. He's coming for you. Deshaun Watson is coming for the entire NFL. All you motherfuckers better do is run. And this nigga is bringing friends. That guy that run off of megawatts and show no mercy. You motherfuckers better get ready. And that's it. That's the NFL season. That's all done in a nutshell. I wouldn't mention the NBA. I don't watch it. So I don't really know what to say about the NFL. Other than I don't know what the fuck is going on in Cleveland. But damn. When you pull your whole team apart that you just put together in the middle of the season and you still make it to the playoffs, that's going to show me some shit is real. There's no reason for the for the Cleveland Cavaliers to make it to the playoffs this year. Not after the shit they just did. No. You should not be in the playoffs. If they make it to the playoffs this year, I know something. And that means I, something is fucking up. I know how long it takes for a team to jail and get together and shit. These motherfuckers start going on some mass winning spree. I shit. It, this will be the reason why I don't watch the NBA today. I, I'm down with what the Rockets are doing. Them, them niggas out there, they, they I, hell, I'm down with what the Thunder are doing because they brought in a bunch of players that had to bring, and they they have taken some while, taken a while to jail. And now they are jailing and they've been beating the shit out of people. But look what they got. You know? The Pacers has been beating the shit out of people. Shout out to them. Shout out to, to in law. Hell, Mr. Joe Young, 
shit. Them boys been doing good. So, I mean, I can understand with good players, but if if, if the Cavs sneaking the shit, I won't file for it. Them niggas and tore they whole goddamn team apart. Then seeing their asses taking 30, 20, 30-point 30 ass whoopings. They make it to the playoffs, we got a problem. If LeBron in the playoffs this year, I'm gonna somebody gonna have to explain this shit to me. Cause from a distance, all I say is this niggas, these niggas suck. Not LeBron, but the team. They cut their whole motherfucking team. So I don't know. <coughs> but I guess we shall see it unfold now that I don't have football. I gotta watch something. Shit, so <laughs> this is usually when I start getting interested in the NBA and shit. Not enough to watch a bunch of games, but you know, once the playoffs come in, I'll check the scores on Bleacher Report or some shit. <laughs> but that's about it, you know. NFL, I'm engulfed in that shit. Hell, I'm fantasy league in it and every goddamn thing else, nigga. Shit. And one week away from my top story. Next Friday is the release of a film that critics are calling excellent. Uh, But not only that, it's going to bring the screen something that we've been wanting in Hollywood and we finally get a true chance to see. Okay, He's been featured in two movies already. And in pivotal roles, mind you, you know, you got to remember it was Captain America Winter Soldier where they killed Black Panther's father and where Black Panther became king. You understand what I'm saying? They're going to be bringing this story in to portions of stories that we've already learned from the previous two movies that he's guest starred in. So when Black Panther hit Friday next week, baby, Nigga, you think I ain't gonna be there? You got me fucked up. I'm ready for this one. Nigga, we shit. I've been ready for Black Panther for a minute now. When they when Black Panther popped up in Captain America, I was like, where's this? Who the fuck is that? And I looked it up. And they told the story of the Black Panther. You know? For those that don't know, the Black Panther is was a organization that the United States government deemed terrorist, even though all they wanted to do is help build a better world for black people through the more of the limits of Malcolm X by any means necessary. You know? White folks may remember a reference to a black part, Panther Party from Forrest Gump. You know? If Donald Trump shows up any theater in America on opening weekend of Black Panther, he will be Forrest Gump because <laughs> his ass would have walked in and then literally disrupted the entire Black Panther Party. Yes. Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> but you better believe my black ass is going to see Black Panther. I have a problem, though, because I've noticed there's been different interactions towards this movie that have tried to, I don't want to say deter people from seeing it. And don't get me wrong. I know Taraji came out with Proud Mary a few weeks ago. 
And I heard the proud Mary, and I know I'm sitting here talking shit about black films, but no, I didn't go see Proud Mary. Not that I didn't want to, not that I didn't mean not to, not that I told myself I'm not going to see it. I'm pretty sure it might eventually show up in my DVD collection. But I just, I don't know. They, I don't know if we got caught up in a, in a vortex on Black Panther because, I mean, you know, when Black Panther was first announced, you know, niggas went crazy. We knew it was coming because of Winter Soldier. Everybody gets their own movie. I'm pretty sure the Silver Arm, the Winter Soldier is going to probably get his own movie soon. Shit. All of them get their own movie. Iron Man started it. Well, X-Men actually started it. Wolverine. You know? Eventually, you get a fucking movie. So we knew Black Panther was going to get the movie. The thing about Black Panther was with everything going on in the world of political climate, they had to figure out when it was going to be best to release this movie. And so, now that we're on the cusp of it's coming out, over the previous few weeks, I've noticed, and I've, I, I can recall moments like this with certain movies, but never in this much of a light, that there have been attempts to deter people from going to see this movie. They've been weak, you know, mainly because black Twitter ain't been putting up with that shit. You know, they, what was it? The first one, everybody was talking about Michael B. Jordan dating a white woman. I hope I helped dispel some of that shit personally because y'all know my feelings on that shit. We're living in a day of age where if a man finds a woman who is willing to touch his penis, no matter what her color of her skin, you let that nigga let his get, get his dick touched and go the fuck on somewhere. As long as he ain't forcing a bitch to do some shit, then that's all the fuck that matters to me. I don't give a damn what color she, she is. I could give a motherfuck. If that nigga is getting the pussy willingly and consensually, by all means, tear that ass up, my friend. Tear that ass up. I am tired of having to play this guy. I've said this before, and I'm having to say it again, and I'll say it one more time. I'll say it 50 more times until you motherfuckers start understanding. You will never get me to understand why a motherfucker got to worry about what a nigga color they skin is when it pertains to who you fall in love with. I will never allow anybody around me to tell me that the color of the person's skin who I'm with is what should depict me being with them. Okay? I am a nasty motherfucker. Okay? Tell you what I mean by nasty. I don't mean like dirty. I don't wash my balls, bitch. No, I wash my ass and my balls. That ain't what I'm talking about. When I say I'm a dirty motherfucker, I mean I'm filth, floor, and filth when it comes to the bedroom. And... it becomes difficult to find those who enjoy to partake in the filth, floor, and filth that is the Joe Moffat Show. Bedroom edition. So when I find those who are willing to let me get near ice, I allow them in kind. I have said this before. Y'all need to believe in the same thing. If you know somebody that's knowing, you know, I'm a, shit. Hold up. 
When I, I tell this story all the time. When I was in high school, I begged the girl for almost eight months to give me some pussy. And I wouldn't even call it pussy. I offered dinner. I offered going to the movies. I offered go skating. I offered a whole lot of shit that we could have went and done for fun. She made a dirty comment to me one day, and then after that, I just turned the switch over to pussy, and then that was really where the conversation went to. This motherfucker would talk to me about sex, but never want to give me sex. She would ask questions, you know what I'm saying? Well, she didn't know But there was another girl, a couple of rows over, taking notes <laughs> and doing reviews <laughs> and, and, and getting suggestions <laughs> And 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 going out and getting referrals and shit on my dumb ass. Cause when she saw her time was right, she said, Well, what that bitch won't do, I will. Oh really now. A day later I was at her house tearing her ass up. She was willing, I was able, and it went down. So we're gonna leave Mr. Michael B. Jordan alone because he found somebody the way it was willing. She was willing, he was able, and they had it go down. I ain't going to judge my nigga for that. At all, ever. It was consensual. I don't give a fuck. There you have it, folks. Right now, that's where we're... If we are in the day age, we can't worry about motherfucking race no more. We have to worry about consensus. We have to worry about if your ass done done something to somebody that they wanted you to do. If they didn't want you to do it, your ass is about to be in trouble. Conversation or otherwise. Well, yes, we came to the defense of Aziz and Zari the other week. And I came to his defense because I took a survey of over 50 females. Okay, I took a survey of about 10 females. And 90% of them said the same goddamn thing. If she didn't want to really be in there with his ass, she didn't have to be. And I know you got the females as quick to say, oh, well, uh, that, that's an easy defense. But no, nigga, that's the defense. Never should have took your ass over there. Stay the hell out of his house. Falling off topic, we're going to bring it back around. Okay? Thank goodness we ain't had none of that shit show up in reference to Black Panther yet. Who knows? I don't know. But we'll see. So, the second bullshit story that has come out now is in reference to Rotten Tomatoes. A website, between you and me, I've never really been a fan of because a lot of the movies that I've seen get certified fresh reviews from Rotten Tomatoes that have been dumb as fuck. And I've seen them give four and five percents on movies that are exceptional. Being honest with you. So their opinion sometimes can be skewed I don't really know the consensus of people that they asked to get their reviews from, but, I mean, whatever. Well, they were riding high with Black Panther for 100% of the reviews, and then all of a sudden, one guy comes out with a review and says that he doesn't like Black Panther because he doesn't feel there were enough fight scenes. Any of us that have watched Marvel movies from the very beginning, and I'm talking about Howard the fucking duck. There were never many fight scenes in those movies. There was always a story. Blade had fight scenes in it, but even then, Blade had a story. And there was a story that had to be told. Every Marvel movie has always had a story that had to lead in. 
Okay? Every one of them. So, we, I, I was a little confused when I read the guy's report saying, read the guy's review saying that he was stunned and he was displeased that there weren't many fight scenes throughout Black Panther. And I was like, well, nigga, that was never the case. It's a first Marvel movie. This is the first standalone Black Panther movie. It's a not supposed to have a bunch of fight to scenes. Because that's not the way Stan Lee does his... That's not the way Marvel does their movies. They've never done their movies like that. Deadpool had a lot of fight scenes in it, but it didn't have... It wasn't consumed in fighting. Okay? The first Captain America movie. That nigga wasn't Captain America through most of the motherfucking movie. He was Steve Rogers, anorexic little nigga who needed a shot to get swole and shit. The first X-Men movie. Come on, man. The first Wolverine movie, standalone Wolverine movie was a lot of story. So how the hell, you know, shit. The first fucking Superman movie was a bunch of story. I, I, I don't get it. I don't even, I, I, I can understand he has an opinion, but I don't understand how you can give the opinion towards that type of opinion towards a first-time movie, first-time superhero movie. All superhero movies, the first one, they sell story, tell story. The second one, they kick ass. The third one, they kick ass, then they still sell some story, depending on how far they go in the series. You know? Iron Man was one of the movies that always climbed one above the other. It always stacked. You know, you had the story in the first one. You had a big buildup in the second one. You had an amazing buildup in the third one. Captain America, that's still the same effect. That is the formula of Marvel movies. So this motherfucker was literally just trying to say, okay, this movie is doing great. I don't think it deserves 100%. That's what that review said. He felt that Black Panther didn't deserve a 100% Rotten Tomato review. And he wrote a bad review. Plain and simple. For him to only have one problem with the movie, not with the cinematics, not with the graphics, not with the actors, not with the directors, not with the direction of the film, other than less dialogue, more fighting, is what I'm hearing. And when I hear shit like that, that, yeah, you just, you didn't think it deserved 100%. You didn't think it had deserved to have that Black Panthers now certified fresh rotten tomatoes. And like, I mean... Does that really make any fucking difference? How many Marvel movies have they given 100% to that's made 100, 200, 300 million dollars? You know? Which is why I'm here today. We have to continue to show Hollywood that black America, that black movies, that black actors and entertainers can bring money to the table. And we need to be respected and let us make that money. Rocky shouldn't be the only black man getting a fair pay in Hollywood. You feel me? Because you better believe the only reason Ron Rocky is getting the pay that he gets is because of his legacy. Not only the legacy of his father and his family members, but also the legacy that he left in wrestling and in the WWE. And they know Rocky can go back to WWE any fucking time he wants to. Hollywood would prefer him not to, and they want to keep him there because he brings them money. As you can tell with Rocky's absence at Raw 25. 
which also blew my fucking mind. I couldn't believe he wasn't there. But the reason why he wasn't there is because he's promoting that new movie, and in that new movie, he's known as Dwayne Johnson. You always notice when Rocky gets ready to make a movie where he's known just as Dwayne Johnson, he don't show up to the WWE. (laughs) Like, we don't know your ass is the most electrifying man in sports and entertainment anyway, nigga. Sometimes y'all take that shit too seriously. <laughs> I've been thinking about coming up with a persona, but I can't really see how to carry it on because it's like you bullshitting yourself. I don't know. You know like B got Sasha Fierce. You know, I wanted to revamp Dirty Boy Jones. I don't know yet. I'm still debating on it. That was my old persona's name, and he was crazy as fuck when I was doing shit back in the day. So, I don't know. Yes, anybody ever wonder who Dirty Boy Jones was? That was old Joe Moffat. Yes, that was me. So... But nonetheless, and less than none, I'm going to shove off. Uh, everybody go see Black Panther. Everybody come out to Tulsa, April 7th. Come see Joe and Tank. Have a good time. Everybody come out tonight and come see me tear the stage up in Old Muggy. I want y'all to know something. The Joe Moffat Show, the Joe Moffat Network, everything that we about to start doing is going to be unleashing entertainment from every aspect aspect we can in the United States of America. Black, white, purple, or green. I got white artists. I got black artists. I got Mexican artists. I got I want all artists. I want anybody that want to get in this comedy game, that want to be promoted, get at your boy. Okay? Holler at me. Alright? Fuck with me. And I'll show you something. We ain't have a good time. Alright? Shout out to Vail. Shout out to Jessica. Happy birthday, darling. Shout out to the crew. DJ, Rob, Foxy, love y'all, man. You can get y'all asses to work this week. <laughs> All right. Everybody have a good weekend and a good week. I'm going to try to spin this bitch back on Wednesday. I will be dropping this one tonight, so get ready. While I'm on stage in Oklahoma, if y'all can't make it to Oklahoma, y'all can check out the Joe Myers Show live this evening. All right. And also, in Oklahoma, come out tomorrow because it's going down. Get you a dose of Joe Moffat show tonight and come see your boy live tomorrow on stage because it's going fucking down. And on that note, thank you for listening to the Joe Moffat show. I am your host, Joe Moffat. I am always here. I'm always happy. And I'm going to start doing a lot more shows. I see my lippy face all over the place. Y'all have a good one. Peace and love. Let's get this party started and get this show on the road. I'm out.